A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Cam Edwards here from the 2022 Shooting, Hunting, Outdoor Trade Show. And look who I ran across already, Stephen Gatowski, our friend from the Reload. Stephen, it's good to see you here. Hey, it's good to see you too, Ken. And uh, you lucky dog, you made it out a little bit early, so you got to go to Range Day on Monday. We're going to talk about that in just a second, but I, I will say I've had a chance to just briefly wander the aisles. I was very curious to see. We knew that attendance was going to be down uh, just simply because of Omicron. This is a, a very different feel. This is a really unique SHOT Show this year, I think. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously, we had some of the big companies pull out, like uh, was it uh, Springfield and and Beretta and uh, Sig, well. Sig, yeah. yeah. So, so it's obviously going to be a very different show, and I think it'll be more focused, perhaps, on those smaller companies, which is a real opportunity for them, you know, uh, because they're going to be the ones in front of all these distributors and the people, the big companies that don't need to take uh, any risk because they're going to be able to sell their guns regardless. You know, Ruger's going to sell guns, Sig's going to sell guns. Uh, they, they don't need to be here, but those smaller companies do. And so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out on the floor. Yeah, and not only I mean, do these companies, as you say, do, they, they, they can't really afford to skip SHOT Show, but this does give them an opportunity to get in front of distributors in a way that they might not have been able to uh, in, in recent years. I mean, 2020 was sort of the last quote-unquote normal SHOT Show. COVID was just... Uh, making headlines as we were here in Las Vegas. Uh, and then, of course, last year's show was canceled. And now I think the industry is still trying to find its equilibrium in terms of supply and demand. So I would think that that would bode well for some of these smaller companies. Yeah, you know, especially in the ammo side of the industry, I think there's a lot of opportunity right now to for smaller companies to break in because you've seen, you've seen some consolidation. So there's two major companies, Vista and Olin, control a lot of the market. But with prices so high and supply not catching up that's a lot of that's a lot of incentive for new companies to come in and perhaps some of these ones that are here today to grow to to accommodate that demand and then obviously you know on the firearm side you still see uh, stock that's below what it was in 2019 you know it's still hard to get some of your favorite uh, guns it's it's not easy to just walk in and buy a the thing you actually want out of the store anymore I mean that's just the reality of it so you do have a lot of opportunities still in the industry for uh, suppliers to come in and fill that demand. So we know that ammo is scarce in the uh, in the marketplace. How was it at Range Day? Were you guys limited to like two rounds a piece? You know what? I was actually just about to mention that. Yeah, you did notice it. I noticed it at Range Day. You know that when they get when you got to shoot the full auto stuff and have some fun. You know, there's they're, they weren't giving you 30 rounds to shoot. <laughs> they were giving you five rounds. You get a little burst, which is still fun, but. Uh, yeah, it was noticeable. Uh, I mean, obviously they had ammo, and everyone got to shoot it. Just, but yeah, it did you did notice that they were limiting how many rounds you were you were doing each each gun that you were firing. So it's impacting everybody, uh, including the industry itself. Um, I have to ask, did you did you shoot anything a uh, new or notable yesterday? Yeah, you know, I, I actually shot a couple of interesting guns. Uh, you know, range day was similar to this, I think, where where you have. Uh, a lot of the big players weren't there, so Springfield and Ruger and Glock was there, though. Um, you know, you still had a lot of the big names were still there. But uh, some of the smaller companies filled that gap, and you still had a pretty good attendance like you do. I mean, I think Mark Oliver from NSSF just told me there were 41,000 people registered at this point, which is pretty good for SHOT Show. It's not, it's not what it was in 2020 or 2019, but it's not that far off. Um, but, yeah, I shot the Lago Alien. Which is a which is a pretty cool gun, you know. It's obviously it's one of these like 
competition range queen kind of guns because it's like four thousand dollars <laughs> but um it has a lot of interesting innovations packed in or, or at least different combinations of technology that aren't as common in the the general market because a lot of what you see today in handguns are you know that tilting barrel um uh, uh innovation from john browning a hundred years ago and it's great but and the polymer lowers that glock style came in you know in the 80s but Laugo's doing a blowback um, with a stationary barrel with a stationary flat top uh, to the slide that doesn't reciprocate. So, you know, you can do a lot of things. You don't get as much barrel flip. Uh, and and it's just a different style of gun, which is really interesting. And that was that was fun to shoot, for sure. Was there a bunch of a learning curve? I mean, given the differences, I mean, obviously it's still point and shoot. You know, the bases are still the same. But did you... Did your muscle memory uh, interfere with your, you know, handling of the gun at all? No, I don't think so, because the the ergonomics of the gun are exactly the same as any other handgun you've ever shot. It's just the internals that are really different that give that, and uh, you know, how much of an edge. It's one of those things where it's like, is this so much of an edge over that dominant, you know, tilting barrel Browning style that it's going to take a significant chunk of the market? I don't know. I, I did. I think I could tell a difference of putting shots on on target. You know, quickly without as much of that barrel flip that you get from a fully reciprocating slide. But uh, you know, I also shot the Tabor shotgun, which I'd never seen before. I didn't even know they made one. Uh, it's a bullpup shotgun, 12 gauge. Okay, so I shot that in 2020, or at least a version of that Tabor. That thing was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> that has so much recoil to it. It's and it's a very futuristic looking gun, but uh, but yeah, that, that that the recoil on it shocked me to be honest. Um, and then Rock Island Armory has is making their own. Um, it's aluminum frame, but their own you know striker fired semi-auto handgun, which I thought was pretty fascinating for Rock Island because they're usually doing you know their, your low cost uh, 1911s right but they and they've got a new 22 rifle and stuff so you know th- there was a lot of there was still a lot of new stuff out there at range day that was that piqued my interest you know and that's interesting in and of itself because as you say you know a lot of these companies could could focus on their meat and potatoes products right now mm-hmm. and do just fine um, so it's interesting to me that we are still seeing this innovation within the industry at a time when you know, the demand is so high. We've got millions of new gun owners. It would be easy, I guess, for some of these companies to just say, all right, forget about innovation right now. Let's put R&D on the back burner for a second. But it doesn't sound like they're doing that in, in many cases. No, you know, I, I don't think so, especially something like Rock Island is one of those companies that is traditionally known for a certain thing. But clearly they're seeing opportunity in the market to uh, introduce new products that compete in that space that's constantly sold out now. You know, the it's hard to walk into a, your gun store and find the lineup of M&Ps and, uh, you know, Glock 20, 19s and 17s. Like, they're not that available. So if if you walk into your gun store and there's the new Rock Island, you know, semi-auto striker-fired handgun, but there isn't the SIG B320, maybe you buy that Rock Island. And maybe that's what they're looking at. Yeah, I mean, well... And again, there's, there probably is an opening in the marketplace for that, as you say, given the, uh, you know, the, the supply uh, shortages that we're seeing still, uh, you know, almost two years after the great gun run of 2020 kicked off in earnest. So I, I want to ask, you know, some of the things that I'm focusing on this week, I am going to be talking to some of these smaller companies to, to get an idea. Is this, you know, sort of their moment to shine? Uh, we're looking into ammo availability. I can tell you we've got a VIP piece coming up later today. Uh, I'll just give you the, the top line. 
nobody really wants to talk publicly about the ammo situation uh, within the, the manufacturing sector. But but what are you focused on at this week? Because, I mean, it can be overwhelming from a reporter's perspective to just walk in here and say, okay, I have to cover all of this? So you got to try to, you know, focus on a couple of things. What are you, you going to be focusing on? Yeah, I think one of my focuses will be smart guns uh, because you've seen now two new companies come into the market with, you know, smart gun technology. And uh, are either of them here this year? Do you know? Yeah, smart guns is with a Z, um, quite the name, but uh, they're here at Shot Show. And then I believe that one of the other companies, I forget the name of, but they're they're doing something else in Vegas as well. And I think, from my understanding, it's it's pretty similar to previous. You know, smart gun ideas, which is just basically biometric locks or RFID locks in the gun, integrated into the gun itself, mm-hmm. more so than something like a you know Manisax, which tracks your your shooting and helps you improve by having a little computer on the gun. But but uh, you know that's obviously much more controversial as the smart gun locking technology because uh, a lot of gun control advocates want to make that the only option available. You saw this in New Jersey; they had a law. They recently changed it. Uh, to make it a little less draconian, but they had a law for a long time that said once smart guns become commercially available in the U.S., that's the only thing gun stores in New Jersey can sell, which is obviously a huge problem because there's a lot of there. There may be some room for a you know a biometrically locking gun. People might want that. I mean, people like biometric safes, right? Which is just sort of adding an extra layer. But but um, I think there's going to be <laughs> no real room for the idea that these are the only uh, kinds of guns you can own because there's a lot of drawbacks to, to a smart gun. To anyone who owns a smartphone that has a thumbprint unlock can understand that that doesn't work every single time. And when you're dealing with something that you're using for self-defense, you go to, un- to use your gun and it doesn't work because fin- you didn't have your fingerprint quite right on the 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 fingerprint reader that's a problem i mean people people don't like the series 80 1911s because they add a, a little uh safety into, into that mechanism because they think it's un, makes it a little bit less reliable and so i don't how's the market going to receive something like this i guess yeah, we'll I, I think this is something that the gun control advocates any of these uh smart gun companies have, have have really sort of diluted themselves i just don't think the market demand is there but we'll see uh you know we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens I, it'll be interesting uh you know, look, I mean, and I know that the industry has been accused of hostility uh, towards, uh, you know, smart guns, but the fact that smart guns with a Z is here and exhibiting would uh, indicate that, uh, you know, the firearms industry is at least happy to take their money and say, here, have a booth, let's see what the market says, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the industry, is, as far as what uh, my conversations with Mark Oliver from NSSF go, you know, they're, they're not opposed to the concept of somebody having a biometric lock on their gun if they want it. They're, they're generally opposed to mandates for it. And obviously, New Jersey has really been the main impediment to that development, in my opinion, because they were the ones that mandated that if this ever came to market, that would be the only thing you could sell in New Jersey. So, yeah, there was a lot of resistance to something like that coming to market because of that law. Uh, now, they changed it so that now you only have to offer it in addition to, what, to the other guns that you offer. But, you know, how long that remains reality you know there's a legitimate concern there obviously from gun rights advocates in the gun industry about how these this product this this technology is going to be used politically yeah absolutely well we're going to be covering uh you know we're going to be covering shot show steven's going to be covering shot show i would encourage you to check out his coverage at the reload 
throughout the week. Uh, Stephen, let's get back to the overwhelming. I appreciate you joining us, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always good seeing you. We will have more coverage from SHOT Show, uh, what is it, SHOT Show 2022. That's what year we're in. Uh, throughout the week at BarionArms.com, including the Barion Arms Cam and Companies from the uh, SHOT Show in Las Vegas. But again, we'll also have uh, stories for you on the website as well, BarionArms.com. So don't forget to check it out throughout the day for the latest Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. And we'll see you soon. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.